Hello and welcome back to the RevOps Show. We've got a two-parter starting today on the one thing we know and love the most here, CRM implementations, and specifically what you should be paying for it. This episode, Doug and Jess focus around the basics and foundations of what a CRM is, what kinds of implementations there are, and some mistakes that happen in the process. That'll lead us into our next conversation coming out next week around the cost of it all. So with that, let's get started. Jess. Doug. You always sound surprised that I say Jess. You, 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 you said that lot like two episodes two or three episodes ago and yeah. and i don't think i do it's like i think it's just it's like maybe this i pause. just sound surprised all the time that might be it that might be <laughs> it. you should you should come back and like listen to some of our episodes sometimes i should do that <laughs> we are switching it up today jess we're doing it we're doing a morning recording this is going to be uh it's going to be interesting now jess have you had your coffee because you know that is a rule for us. I just finished my coffee, so I have I have get, a, I have completed a cup of coffee. So I we can now we can now speak. Do you, do you need a refill? Do we need to pause the show so you can get a refill to get through the show? No, I I do I do one cup a day. One that's it really. Mm-hmm. I mean it's seventy two ounces, but it's one cup. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I do I do one big gulp. Of coffee a day. So I saw some news today. I think it's gonna get. I I, I saw it. And I'm like this. This is gonna make Jess excited. I can't. I'm on the edge of my seat. I can't wait. What's the news? Salt and pepper. Are, salt and pepper are getting their star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Because I'm a I'm a huge salt and pepper fan. I mean, when I hear salt and pepper, I think Jess. <laughs> that's what I think. Obviously, I think I think that's what everybody thinks. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, you have to be impressed with that queue up, though. I mean, come on, I'm going back. I'm going way back to my radio days here. You you are you are. Oh, that was pretty impressive, was it not? Come on, I got to pat myself on the back, right? Yep, yep. So you know, you never answered my question from our Slack earlier this week. Okay. So you're going to have to be more specific because you send me but, a number of slacks. I do. I, I, I've been known to. I ignore um, some of them. <laughs> some. Sometimes on purpose, sometimes not on purpose. <laughs> so the uh, Disney China zero COVID lockdown where they locked it down where people are in the park. So like like zero lockdown in, 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 in China is not stay at home, go home. It's like, okay, we found something. It's locked down wherever you are. That's where you are. So they're in the park. Mm-hmm. The word is that apparently Disney was going to keep the rides. Oh, then going. that's like that. That's a dream. That is, that is, and, that's amazing. And to leave, to be able to leave, you have to get it. You have to have a negative test. So is that heaven or is that hell for you? That is heaven. And is here's the, like, so I, I guarantee you they ran the rides. I guarantee you they ran the food booths and like went above and beyond. Cause I don't know if you saw what they did at Hurricane Ian in Disney world when they had to shut everything down, but like they, so yeah, I would, I would be all about that. Lock, lock me in the gates. I'm down. So 
Are you are you familiar with um the by the, the way show? I have my haunted mansion shirt on today, so see on brand for go. for that. <laughs> there you go. Um did you ever did you ever watch the show on Fox Prison Break? No, I never watched it. No. So 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 the twist on it was that the break was you breaking into the prison. Oh, okay. Right. And and so there's again a whole storyline on it. Um, first two seasons were pretty good. Then it really just totally jumped the shark. Anyways, like I could see Jess is now planning her trip. Wait, we're canceling Houston. I'm heading to China and I'm going to figure out a way to break into yes. the zero where everyone else is trying to break out of the zero. 100%. Lockdown. You're now trying to figure out how to break into hundred percent. And don't give me a I test because I don't want to get kicked out. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Please, please give me cover. Give me cover. Give me cover. Come on. <laughs> Got to stay, got to stay, got to stay. What happens when yep. what happens when the food booth runs out of food, though? That's not going to happen at Disney. Disney Disney is the most the happiest, most magical place on earth. Things like that don't happen there. I oh, the realize I'm not being. Kind of, yes, it just it just, just magically. You just it's put just some pixie dust there, and, and it and it materializes. I know you're going, Doug. Come on, that's what Tinkerbell's for. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm 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 with you. <laughs> All right, Jess, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about uh, CRM implementation and what you should pay for it. CRM implementation, the gift that keeps on giving. It is. It is. Yeah, so, you know, I think we've done, in the last two years, we've done what more, I actually am thinking easily more than 100 implementations, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Which Remember when crazy. that, like if I, if I had ever told you that we were going to do 100 implementations in two years, like when you were, when you were first here, I you might have gone back to the you might have gone back to the travel agency. I don't think I would have gone back to the travel agency, <laughs> but I I don't know I don't know what I don't know what I would have done I would have I don't think I would have believed you I think that's <laughs> I what would have happened. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if I would have believed me. Remember that? Remember the first hundred seat implementation we did. Remember how terrified I was? <laughs> I know. If you, and if, if you remember, we were we were doing the on-site at like a I, 15 or 20 seat implementation when we got word that we were, um, that, that, that that was coming. My how time I remember. changes. Yeah, so one of the things that I've seen um, is there's a, there's a lot of confusion. Um, and I don't even know if the words confusion, like, I don't even know that people are confused when they get to the, to the idea of what, what it, what they should expect to spend and what the cost of a CRM implementation should be. So, um, I have a feeling Jess, that this is going to be, um, a multi-episode. Well, I know it's going to be multi-episodes because I am sure even if somehow we cover everything today, we're we're going to come back to this topic, but I have a feeling that we're going to kind of go through this and, you know, it's going to take probably two or three episodes for us to go through it fully, whether we do that consecutively or not, we'll figure that out. So, um, you know, if we, if we don't give a cliffhanger on this, then I know what's going to bring people back. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I think I, I mean, last time I checked, we're still the most popular, uh, rev up show on Spotify. At least we get, we got to maintain that title. We gotta maintain so, so, uh, keep coming back. Um, you know what? I am now king of RevOps. Does that make me star of RevOps? Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson was king of pop. Howard Stern was king of all media. 
and and I now am I now dub myself. Oh Lord. What 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 title isn't self-proclaimed? It's true. It's true. Right. And and see here what here's what I've learned. If you just repeat it often enough, you'll you'll see it happen. It's like first they ignore it, then you know and, and by the way, Howard Stern did this after Michael Jackson was, you know, dubbed himself the king of all pop. And you know, first they ignored it, then it was Howard Stern who refers to himself as King of All Media. Then it was Howard Stern King of All Media. So I am king of all robots. So we are not, that, that has nothing to do with, with CRM implementation. So I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> well, I would say CRM implementation has, has something to do with RevOps. <laughs> not with you being king of all robots. It is part of my kingdom. You know, I don't know why I thought this would be more focused if we recorded in the morning, but I was wrong. Um, Jess, I'm on my second cup of coffee. That's what's going on here. Just That's so you know. the problem. Yeah, exactly. So let's start with talking about the challenge that is CRM. Yeah, so I think there's a few things when you look at it. The first, the first challenge is what is CRM? We've, we've, we've covered that several times, whatever you want it to be. Well, you, well, you know, Jess, with, with our growing audience. I know. You know, we're not, I know. We are not going to fall into the trap that Lost fell into. <laughs> right? Okay. The, the problem that Lost had was it got to the point where if you, you know, by season probably three, certainly by season four, if you hadn't been watching it, there was no point no in watching it because you, you would yeah. never be able to figure it out. Right? So yeah. we've got to gotta be able to, you know, all, all our new listeners coming on, we've got to we've got to support and enable them. Yeah. So, you know, my, one, you know, one of my favorite things, I actually, it's probably been said five times this week by people that I'm talking to, you know, well, we're not, um, we're not using a CRM. By the way, I'm not talking about small companies, Jess. I'm talking about, I know, you know, 100, 200, 300, one's a 500 uh, person or yeah, sales organization, not 500 person organization. I think they're probably about 5,000 people. Um, and, and, and the truth is they are using a CRM, yep. right? Everybody yep. is using a CRM because, you know, someone said to me, we don't use a CRM, we use Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. And so if that's what you say, like if that fits you, then it's not that you're not using a CRM. It's that you're, it's that Excel spreadsheets are your CRM. Well, what I find entertaining about that is and when I think about database, not CRM, but when I think about database in my head, it is just a bunch of spreadsheets that all and on a relation relational data database it's just spreadsheets that reference one another like that's how that's well, how database is in my head i mean that's basically what a database is <laughs> I, I, well that's what a relational database is a database a is just a spreadsheet right just right. A, i mean right. it is literally right. just right. a spreadsheet right. i mean a, a database is literally just a series of columns and rows right by the way 95 to 99 percent of all SaaS. It's just automated spreadsheets. Yep. So, so at the end of the day, everything is, every, at the end of the day, everything boils down to a spreadsheet, yep. I, you know, or, or at least really close to that. Um, you know, if, if you're using your email, you're using Outlook, Gmail, et cetera, to keep track of things, then that's your CRM. And, and you know, people might say this is distinction without difference, but, but there really is a difference, right? Because if I look at it, this, if I look at something as the standpoint of we are not using anything, um, you know, that is different than, you know, the, the truth is right now, everyone is using a different CRM. Like the problem with a spreadsheet is 
everyone has their own spreadsheet or everyone has their version of the spreadsheet. So everyone has a different CRM. Um, and, and, and so what's going to be involved is there. So, so, you know, the first challenge is I don't think anyone today when they say we need a CRM means we need a customer relationship management database. You don't think that's what they mean? Why do you say that? No, I don't. Why do you say that? Are you being what sarcastic do they mean? to me? No, I'm being, no, I'm being serious. What do you think well, they mean? Well, I mean, you, you, you can go back to an old sales axiom that says, you know, last year, millions of quarter inch drill bits were sold, but nobody bought a drill bit, but they bought were holes. And, yeah. and, and what I say is they didn't even buy holes. Who wants a hole? Hey, everybody, I got a, I got a really cool quarter inch drill bit here. You want me to drill some quarter inch holes in your wall? Just, I'm just going to drill them randomly right now. They want a bookshelf, but then, right. but who wants a bookshelf? Hey, everybody, I got some, you want, let me put some bookshelves in. No, I want a place to put my books. But you know what? Right. The reality is they don't even want a place to put their books. They want to get the books off of the table. Right. That are piling up. But they don't even really want that. They want their wife to stop yelling. Oh, wait, am I getting, is this too specific? Yeah, very. You know, they want their wife to stop yelling at them that the books are piling up on the table. And so we can't entertain and the house always looks like a mess. Right. right? And, and by the way, if anyone thinks I've carried this too far, all you have to do is watch especially in their prime black and decker commercials you know they would show the the product they'd show the product being used and in, in in some variation at the end of every commercial husband was walking out of the garage wife walked out the front door came in embraced hugged etc black and decker didn't sell drills or power tools black and decker sold better relationships um right and and, and it's why black and decker got a premium price for what a lot of people would tell you was a sub um you know was certainly not the top quality product and, and, and so what, what, you know, what they're looking for is, and as we have said on this show many times, technology is not a solution. What, what, what they're looking for is to solve a problem. Because by the way, here's the other thing. I've never found somebody who says everything is great. Everything is working the way we want it to. We need a new CRM. Right. Right. And, yeah. and, and so there, there's an underlying change that, that that that's desired right now now there might not be a problem in the sense that we have a you know we're not meeting our sales targets we're not growing you know it might not be that it might be that hey we've identified that um you know keeping up with challenging managing again so you know so really when you're looking at what do you need to pay what how should you consider how should you select a crm mm -hmm. i don't even know if we've done an episode on that we probably should do an episode on how to select your crm oh yeah um but, you know, understanding what is the problem that you're solving and, and, and what is the behavioral change, because the, today there are some exceptions to this, because what I was about to say was when you implement new technology, you are implementing change, um, meaning people have to change. Now, there are some exceptions to that because, I mean, in, real, in many ways, the promise of AI is... The technology will do the work for you. You don't have to do anything differently. Now, that's why everyone's running to buy it. It doesn't always deliver on that promise. Right. But, you know, but again, really understanding, you know, when, 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 if you change your CRM, you are changing. Right. And so, you know, one question comes, what, you know, what is the change? Right? You know, is this a, is this an evolution of an existing tool that you have? Is this, you know, do, do you have a full implementation and you're now changing the underlying technology? 
you know, you, you want to change the application for, and there could be a hundred reasons that you want to change the application, right? The underlying product, but, but you're, but you're actually not looking to change the, the, you know, the, the business processes, the, the flows, the actions, et cetera. I mean, the, you know, right. those things can happen, um, you know, for purposes of this conversation, you know, we're going to be talking about, you know, the instance of you, you, you are looking to implement a new CRM, which is going to include, you know, changes to underlying business processes. All right. So, um, so that talks about what is CRM, what else should you consider when you're looking at the, the cost? So, so what other tools should you be looking at considering? Well, so, so again, it's not, it, it, it's not necessarily what other tools should you be looking at? It, 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 it's the question of what are you really buying? Right. Which again, okay. goes back to what, what's, what's the problem that you're trying to solve. So, so mm -hmm. like I've seen, I've seen hundreds of CRM requirement documents now. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've seen it from, from companies that have good situations and they're looking to iterate and improve. I've seen, you know, all the way down to just absolute anarchy and, you know, and what they all have in common is the requirements were met 20 years ago, right? The, 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 the requirements of CRM, again, it goes back to what is CRM, right? You know, we want, we want a, we want a single place where all data can be housed that talks to other systems that mm -hmm. everyone can see the right hand will know what the left hand's doing. All information can be logged. We can, you know, da, 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 da. Well, I mean, you know, act for DOS couldn't talk to other systems. And yes, if anybody's wondering, look that up. That was my first real, that was my first high tech CRM was act for DOS. Um, if you really want to have fun, look up gold mine. Holy cow. You think, you think shit's confusing today. You should see anyways, I'm having flashbacks right now. <laughs> Um, you know, you know, even Salesforce at its core is more than just a CRM, you know, right. there, there, there's an underlying reporting component to it. There's automation elements to it. So, um, you know, again, so like, you know, are, are, are you looking to improve your sales productivity? Are you looking to, um, decrease admin time? Are you looking to increase the percentage of time people are selling? Are, are, are you looking for better reporting, um, and and are 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 you looking to unify, orchestrate, synchronize your sales and marketing motions, being able to support a more omni-channel? Are you looking to go from a rep directed to more of a self-serve PLG type motion? I mean, any any of those things are you know CRM is going to be at the core of it. And 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 if you think about the revenue acceleration framework, mm -hmm. you've got strategy, you've got a chasm the bridges RevOps to execution right. and performance. And, and the two domains of RevOps are structure and approach of which your tech stack and your CRM is, is core. So it has a major influence, but what is the strategy that you're trying to bring to life? What are you trying to execute? What are you trying to do? What you need to do is define those requirements, right? So, we live by a prime directive here whenever we touch any technology, and that is the business process must drive the technology. The technology should never dictate the business process. Now, I will say that increasingly, and I think we have a little bit to do with it, and I actually think this show has a little bit to do with it, 
And, and, and by no means that I like have some, like I did not invent that. The, the, right. I, I, I coined it. I coined the prime directive. Um, but uh, you know, all I did was copy from the people that I saw that were doing it right. And I'm sure somebody said those things to me, to me in some way, I'm hearing more and more people kind of voice those terms, but, but the difficulty is I'm finding that they don't, they're, they're, they're not accounting for the, the implication of that because they say those words, but then the next question is, or once you get into motion, it becomes, you know, bam, let's get into the tech. What do you need the tech to do? What is right. And here, let me show you what this can do. And let me show you what this can do. The, what, what, what you need to, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. You, you were going to say something. No, I was going to say the, the thing that, that I run into frequently on, on that point is we, we ask, can we, and we don't ask, should we? <laughs> Like, like how, what is the, what is the right, what is the right way to set this up? We don't dig in. We just say, okay, we can do that. That's how it works. That's how the tech works. We're going to set it up. Yeah. And I mean, Jess, did you know that the word decide and the word homicide both have the same Latin root? I've never heard that before in my life. (laughs) You know, I mean, I get it. We want the tech to decide for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I don't think I've mentioned this on, on the show before, but we're getting to the point where it's close enough where I can actually talk about it. So I'm going through the, the, I'm, I'm going through the second stage of, of the right. So we, we've got a book coming out next year on the revenue acceleration framework. And I, and I was talking about this and it was actually kind of funny because, you know, yesterday at our uh, weekly all hands, I got, you know, I, I got to share the story of principle and the principle is simpler is better. And, and I shared the Steve Jobs quote that, you know, simple is, is harder than complex. Um, and one of the things that I pointed out is that, you know, I love technology. I couldn't do, I mean, I can't even imagine what I would do. I was not built to work on a construction site just for whatever that's worth. I, that, that was not what I was put on this earth for. Um, but, you know, the downside of, of tech and, and as, I hate the term the democratization of, but, mm-hmm. you know, as we've gone to, you know, more and more no code, low code, easier for, for non-specialists to use, which, which I want to emphasize is a tremendously positive thing. There's also a very meaningful downside to it. And the downside to it is it actually makes it easier to keep it complicated. Right. Yeah. Right. It makes it easier not to think through the difficulties and, 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 and it is why despite all of the technology, we're still playing the same game we were playing before with the same frustrations and the same problems. We just have to do everything faster. I mean, it, it is fascinating. I wish you, you remember that movie that, and I think I can't remember if it was a person who basically they took a picture on the same day of a boy every year. Um, oh, on yeah. the same day and they just kind of stopped notion that as as it as it went i mean i i kind of wish like i could do that on on the sales world over the last 40 years every quarter just kind of stop motion and i i don't think that there would be very much change i really don't um and and so you know it's so easy to let the tech decide and and you know and and business process is you know it why do we get into RevOps? 
if you remember why we got into RevOps, one of the observations we made was first touch, that problem had been transformed in so many ways with 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 Martech, et cetera, lead generate. I mean, again, I'm not saying that it was totally solved. Right. But it was there and, and it was clear. And, you know, databases were larger than they've ever been. Last touch, it was a mess, but because it and still is a mess, but because it's handled by a person, a salesperson, like it it it's manageable. But but what's happened is as the top of the funnel has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, we haven't fundamentally changed anything else and the middle has gotten more and more and more and more you know complicated yep and and the middle has always really been messy right and and so when we're trying to unlock the power of technology the the power of technology in you know the power of crm is is the middle right and and so you have to make decisions so so it's almost not even can we should we it's it's like forget the technology it's what do we do Right. Like, how does it work? Where where does it go? Now let's begin to map the technology. And oh, by the way, whatever the answer is, it's going to be different in six months. It's going to adjust. You know, you, you you've got to build that flex, as the great yep. philosopher Mike Tyson once said. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Um. So, what we have to stop doing is mapping the tech requirements or, or listing, defining the tech requirements. What we need yep. to do is define the outcomes mm -hmm. and then define the adoption and utilization requirements. Cause when you're yep. talking about CRM and when you're talking about just about any technology, it's not, it's not about the tech. It's about the adoption and utilization. And, and Oh, by the way, I know somebody who is a big believer in and, and is involved in a company that's working to, bring this to be to say that, look, trying to get people to adopt CRM, it's never going to happen. We've tried it for 40 years. It hasn't worked. It's not going to work. The answer is just make it so they don't have to. So in essence, everything gets, you know, and, and if you think, I mean, we do talk about this from an adoption. The best way to get adoption is yeah. they're using the CRM, even when they don't know they're using the CRM. So we bring your email together. And now when you send an email, that data is going into your CRM. Right. I don't have to yep. do anything. It goes into the CRM. Right. The problem with that is while that will enable you to collect lots of data, it doesn't do what the underlying real purpose of CRM should be, which is to guide behavior. Yep. Right. That's what structure does. Yep. And so if everything is invisible to me and, 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 I, I actually, so I was talking to one of our, um, one of our clients, market development reps, who's, who's really a stud, really a star. And, and he was saying, Hey, what do I have to do? So I could double the number of SQAs that I generate. Yeah. And I said, you know what? You need to bring down your call volume and your email volume. How often is that the advice <laughs> that we give? And, right. and I said, look, you're, you know, you're, you're at the point now where, where, where you need to bring it in. You need to customize. We need to be, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, one of the things that I'm seeing, you know, there's all these AI tools that are coming out to craft yeah. emails. And, and what's happening is the, you know, reps are further and further away from what's getting created. It's invisible. And, you know, I'm not a believer that says reps need to write their emails um, because I think writing an email is not necessarily the same skill set, but they need right. to be connected right. to the email because 
Now, I mean, let, let's put aside that the AI emails suck. I mean, they suck bad. I get those emails. So they Doug, do. I noticed that you are um, a fan of the Severna Park High School Falcons. Wow, your your AI algorithm found this city, the high school that I'm in. I, I was, you know, I rooted for them when my kids went there. I really don't, right? Doug, how about those Orioles? Because I'm in a Baltimore suburb, except they don't understand. I can't stand You're not you, an right? Orioles you know, fan. <laughs> right, right. You know, if Peter Angelos ever sells the team, I might um, look at him, look at him again. But, you know, story for another. So, again, outside of the fact that, that, that they're horrible, the problem is, is that the rep is completely disconnected. Right. From from the messaging. So it's just right. So so if if you're not adopting and, and by the way, this is a you know, this is a takeaway thought of today. People don't adopt CRM. People do not adopt CRM. People do not adopt technology. They adopt business process. They adopt behaviors. The technology enables it. Right. Which, which is why when you get addicted to it, you know, if you think about, you know, we're addicted to our phones and things like that, yep. it's not the technology. I mean, yes, the technology is, is, I mean, there's things that it's doing that's causing us to, you know, biochemically get, I mean, we are chemically dependent on our phones. Story I, for watched another the, day, I, I watched that documentary. Terrifying. <laughs> but, but it's still, it's the behavior underneath it that. Yep. That, that drives it. And and by the way, the way, the way you break it is you work on adopting different behaviors. You create different structures, right? And, and so if you're not mapping the behavior, yep. and this is by the way, I, what I see too often, we go from, from system X to system Y, and I mean, small S system, not big S system, but we don't change the underlying structures. We don't change the paths. And then we go, I don't understand why it's not changing. <laughs> right. And, and, and so you, so, so when you think about the investment and you think about the cost and you think about, um, you know, the implications of that, you, you, you've got to think about it more than just, you've got to think about it beyond the lens of, building out the tech requirements. And and as we, I kind of feel like this might be a transfer point to the next topic or the next part of this. So I, I, I do want to share one other big thought. Um, and this is actually a quote from John Ruskin. For some reason, like in the 1800s and early 1900s, math, math people were, were very philosophical, like philosophers were math people. So this was John Ruskin, who's actually a math mathematician. Um, by the way, Gerdell's law, one of my favorite laws, he's a mathematician. Gerdell's yeah. law is you cannot judge a system from within the system. Um, so here's the quote that's relevant to what we're talking about today. It is unwise to pay too much, but it is worse to pay too little. When you pay too much, you may lose a little bit of money. You may yep. lose some money. And that's bad. By the way, that, that's bad. That's not in the quote. When you pay too little, you may not get the thing that you bought. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so if you think about, if you're going to go through the, 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 the process of, of implementing a CRM, that is a strategic 
business decision. That is a that that is of you know significant impact to the organization. You've got to look at it through the lens of what what is the what's the business initiative and what are the critical components of the business initiative being successful? What will cause the initiative to succeed or fail, not just the technology? Well, and, and, and 1.2 on the, on the, on the paying too little and not, not getting what you paid for it, that causes as, as a, somebody who runs teams that, that, that where we do these implementations, it's frustration on both sides. It's not just frustration for, for the, the person who bought for the CFO. It's frustration for the implementer because you can't actually do what you need to do. So it's, 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 it's on both sides on the team that's expected to deliver it and the team that's, that's receiving it because they're the team that's receiving it didn't get what they wanted. The team that's delivering it isn't able to do what they need to do. So, so at the risk of saying something very self-serving um, and could even be potentially perceived as being a little bit arrogant. Um, I do want to point out that just because something is self-serving doesn't mean that it's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Beckwith wrote a book called Selling the Invisible. And one of the points, um, one of the points he was making, and it, it, it was about selling services. And, and it was written at the time that services had become this, you know, it, it, it was at the crossover where, where, you know, high level complex sales had become more about selling services than, than the products themselves. And even when you were selling products, the, the underlying value proposition, your point of competitive difference was more service oriented than it was product oriented. The thing about a product is you can look, feel and touch it. Like if you get in a, in a BMW and you get in a Ford Focus, you will not confuse the two. Right. Right. If, if you, you know, take the cars out on a 20 mile drive, you will not confuse the two. Now that does not make one better than the other. Right. Okay. It really does. Um, but you know, betters in the eyes of the beholder, that's a very tangible. Um, I mean, again, one person might like one or value one over the other, but no one's going to say, Oh yeah, no, they were pretty much the same. Um, I mean, I know people that don't like BMWs because they drive too hard, right? You've, I mean, I love BMWs because they drive hard. You feel everything yeah. there. They hug everything. Um, anyways, the with a service, you can't do that. Services are intangible. And so yeah. one of the points that Beckwith makes in there is that the most tangible element of a service is price. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, go back to Mercedes and, and Ford Focus, or I'm sorry, BMW and Ford BMW. Focus. <laughs> yeah, BMW and Ford Focus. There's a tangible element to it, but there's also very much an intangible element. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the symbol means a whole lot, right? And, and, and if we were exclusive, special, et cetera, they're, but hey, we're 50% less than anybody else. Right. Um, there's a great book called Trade-Off that also has that from a strategy standpoint. But but when you're talking about this type of implementation and when you're getting into what's actually going to lead to a successful implementation, which we probably will not get into in this episode, um, there's a level of, there's a level and ability of thinking. Um, there's a value to it. 
that, I mean, just, you know, there, 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 there's a place where, um, you know, creativity and breakthroughs, you're, you're not going to do well when it's being managed on a, a framework of efficiency. So you can't schedule it, right? Right. You can't, you can't, you can't predict it. You don't even know when you're going to need it. Right. Right. There's just an element, you know, if, if, if you could define the elements of implementation in an orderly way, if, if you could even get it all the way into heuristic, let alone algorithm, growing a business and implementing would be a whole lot easier. Yep. And so one of the things that, you know, and I've had this conversation with more than one organization that if, if someone says they can do this at a price that is, you know, there, there's, there's a low price element that says if, if they could do this, doing it at that price would be foolish because the demand for that ability is so large. Right. But like if, if I wanted to bring in a, a, well, heck, we just hired a, um, someone to come in and, and, and we know there's a learning curve on, on our, you know, in our solution design, our system design team. Sure. And if he had come in and said, look, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking for $40,000. Nothing against people making forty thousand dollars, but I wouldn't have considered them. Yeah, because there's no way you can have that that yeah. that talent. And so when you so so when when you talk about that that price point, you have you have two things that happen. One is, and and you know I've learned that we have to be careful how low we go because you know i have this theory that says okay well if you don't want our system design if you don't want our business process insights well yeah we can just take that out and we'll just come in and we'll give you a directed um but like can we not articulate business process can we not dig into I, that piece i don't and, think and, and 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 it's in our dna it? like that's really it's it's not our mo it's in our dna it's, it's near impossible and, for us <laughs> and we teach you know we teach our team look you, you you can't take what you hear first and and just move forward yeah right and and so one thing that happens is um you know that 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 stress happens and, and like because there's actually a bigger gap sometimes and i'll tell you you know that, that that's why you got to think about what is it are you really hiring it's not just i'm hiring crm implementation yeah because yeah. you know if you want to go in expensive don't hire us right i don't think you're going to get what you need going going yeah. the inexpensive route but at least the inexpensive route will the, the company doing that is going to take you down the inexpensive path Right. Right. And the inexpensive path is, you know, and hopefully as we get through the, the full conversation that, that, that will become clearer, but, but that's a, like, so, so there's a, there's an element beyond just, well, how much time is this going to take? Yep. Right. I don't understand why, you know, th that shouldn't, that shouldn't take that much time. And, and there's, and by the way, the other thing too, is our best ideas well, hey, our best ideas, and I, and 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 the reason, one one of the main reasons that people hire us, um, is because of the deep business acumen 
that we have because of our ability to understand their business model. And, and a lot of that is driven by the exposure I've had and the experience I've had in a yep. lot of different businesses. Um, and so like in a whole bunch of ways, I already know what they want before they do, because I, you know, and I, and I don't mean that, I do not mean that at all in an arrogant way. I just, you know, I, I've seen the motions, I've done deep into it. I've worked with hundreds, et cetera, et cetera. And so if we were to articulate in a time, in a time mode, like you couldn't do it. Yeah. Because right? it's like, it didn't take any time. I already knew that. So, right. And, and here's the question that I, that, that, that I think is a really important question. What's the cost of not knowing? Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'll say this actually, and I, I probably, this just occurred to me. And I, I do know from a behavioral science standpoint that, that one of the major biases is called the insider's view bias, right? When you're, when you're inside and it goes back to Goodell's yep. law, right? When you're inside the system, you can't assess your system. And, and, and this is why, you know, the, the, the old phrase, every, every top performer has a coach, right? Mm-hmm. Every top performer has a coach, right? Yeah. And, 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 and by the way, that coach is not as good as the top performer. And that coach may never have done what the top performer is doing. Yep. Right. What that coach brings is an outsider's viewpoint. Yep. Right. What that coach brings is a perspective. And what that coach also brings is a broader set of experiences that, that, that help to, you know, what, what you see is all there is, what you know is all you see. Yep. Right. And, and so, you know, broadening that, what is the cost of not knowing? And so when you mm-hmm. take a look at the mistakes that, and you know how many times we've been brought in to fix a botched implementation, I don't think the implementation was botched because someone didn't have the skills to do it no. necessarily. I think it was just the cost of not knowing. And so the technology came up against the business process. And, 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 and what happened is because where the expertise came from is this, the, the technology gets implemented with precision. Yep. Right. And, and there's nothing worse than, than, than precise resistance. I just made that <laughs> term up, right? You've got precision on the tech. Yeah. And it comes up against this. I mean, it, that's just going to create havoc and chaos. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden yeah. friction, friction, friction. So, so like there, there's a big element in that. Um, all right, I want to talk about the different types of implementations that there are. Um, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, so so what I wanted to say here is that, that you know, again, when we say CRM implementation, I kind of touched on it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there there could be, you know, are, are you implementing something simple? Um, and by the way, if, if you have three salespeople, you have five salespeople or something like that, if you're doing... Uh, you know, less than a million dollars of gross profit is probably yep. where, somewhere around there and, and probably even more than that. Then, then you know what? A lot of what we're talking about, you be aware of what we're talking about here, but a lot of what we're talking about probably doesn't matter that much because, I mean, you're if, if you're serious about growth, you're going to blow your shit up so many times between now and when you can actually, you know, the juice for the squeeze on this comes. That, yep. Um, so 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 there are simple updates. There there There's implementations. That, that, that are simple. There, there are what I would, would refer to as updates. An update could be we're iterating our existing system or 
a little bit more complex, you might be changing your underlying technology. You might be changing the underlying technology, but you have a highly specific process. You know, you're, you're looking to replicate what is there right. for reason. Um, and, you know, with maybe some, you know, a few iterations because it's, because it's sure. time for that. But, you know, the, the underlying business process is clearly defined, clearly documented, and the underlying business processes aren't changing. Um, then, you know, what we in the um, world of CRM say is the, you know, the other type that, I, you know, is, is the rip and replace. So, so we've got something or we've got nothing mm-hmm. um, and, and we're, we're implementing, right. So we've got this system and it's not meeting our needs and, you know, maybe if it's homegrown, maybe it's, you know, some third rate tool, maybe it's a second rate tool. Heck, maybe it's, you know, a top tier tool. Maybe you're on Salesforce and it's just not working and, right. and, and we're, we're implementing a new, um, you know, so that, so that's what I would refer to as a full implementation. And, and again, for purposes of this conversation, that would be, um, that would be what, what I'm talking about here as we talk about what should sure. you be spending? What, what, what should a CRM implementation cost? And then there's a third, there's a third type, which is updating, updating your current system. Yeah. I, I, I thought I, I, I thought I mentioned yeah. that. No, nope. no. Nope. So that, so we're, we're talking about that too, that what we're talking about could be an update to your, to your current system. So, so I'm actually, so what I'm talking about here today is more full implementation. Right? It is. Okay. If, if you're updating, because again, if you're updating your current system, then I'm operating on the basis that you've got a strong business process in place. You've got. Okay. Or, or here's something else. Or at this point you made the decision that you're not, you know, you don't see the need to, to have. Yeah. Okay. A strong business process in place, but but again, I would I would I would say to you, to determine what you need, um, I doubt that you woke up this morning, or two months ago, and said, you know what, we should change our CRM. I think it would be fun to change our CRM. Um, so so again, to really determine the type of implementation, you know, you've really I mean the the the, the best question, the first question that you should um, answer is. A year after implementation, how do we know that we made the right decision yep. and this is successful? Three years after implementation, yep. how will we know that we made the right decision that this is successful? Be very, very clear. What is success? How do you know what success is? What are the outcomes? And that's what those are the requirements. Those are the requirements that you have to define. Yep. And 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 the path to get there. Because by the way, you're not that to get to that path, it's going to involve, there's a ninety-nine point eight percent chance. It's going to involve more than just changing your CRM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about the platform decision because you talked about needing to define what the problem is and and um, so and making sure. So the that platform that's decision is actually different than that. Decision. Okay. So the platform decision is different than that. Okay. So here's the next mistake that I see happen commonly in implementing new CRM. And that is problem identification moves to, okay, let's select our CRM. Okay. Right. What, what you need to decide before you, I mean, frankly, before you even get into much depth of deciding your CRM mm-hmm. is what platform, 
What is the platform decision? Okay, so so what so, does that mean? Right, I'm I'm, I'm going okay. there. I was going to okay. go there. Okay. So before you you want a smartphone, you need a new smartphone. Mm-hmm. Before you think about the phone, you decide on the platform. You don't say, Jess, and I know for some reason you like you've made a weird. So the, I, 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 so I knew this was going to go into an Android versus Apple conversation. Well, hold on. See, that's wrong. That's that. Okay. That's not where it's going. Okay, it's close, but All not. Right. Okay, it's an Android iOS conversation. Okay, well, so, well hold so- on. Wait, hold on a second, because because this is where, understand, if we're looking at the smartphone world, mm-hmm. Apple wears two hats at the same time. Okay, they are the they wear a product hat, they wear the 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 product, the phone, right, and they wear the platform. Yep. Okay, um, because if you notice, it wasn't a Pixel. It's not a Pixel Apple decision, because that would be no. Google. Right? Okay. Right. You don't. You don't think. Okay. Do I want to buy a Samsung phone, an LG phone, or you? The decision that gets made first is, do I? Am I going to go Android or am I go iOS? Now, if you decide to go iOS, then it, it's it's a iPhone, right? There's no other. Right. There 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 is no other choice, right? But you make the decision, and when you make the decision, Android or iOS. A hundred to a thousand other decisions are made. The the, the overall experience, what's going to happen, um, flexibility, control, ease, you know, whatever you want to talk about, however you want to define it. And again, it's, by the way, I will say for the most part, if you use Android, if you use iOS, you will not confuse the two, right? They are different experiences. Oh, yes, they are. They are, yeah. They are different experiences, right? So you got, you know, Android, iPhone, Ford Focus BMW, right? You're never gonna fuse. You're never gonna confuse <laughs> Good <the> experience. Word. <laughs> um, so the platform decision brings a hundred other decisions that come with it, right? And 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 what I would say is in today's world, there's ba- and I and I will and I'll say this: there's there there really is, um, there's roughly three platforms from a decision standpoint, going, com- trying to go completely, um, non brand there, there is a build on mm-hmm. platform. There is a work in platform. There is a no platform platform. Yep. Now, what I would say is that the work in falls into the category of what I call a vertical tech stack. The build on can be vertical, but it will take a lot of work. It's typically more of a horizontal. It's more broad. And by the way, vertical to me is how many how many true databases or how, how many active primary databases exist. Yeah. Um, and then no platform is so. so you, and and and, it, and the way it works now. So HubSpot is the work in platform right now. Yep. Salesforce is emblematic of the build on, but there are yep. other applications that, you know, Zoho falls into that sugar falls into that. Now, actually I won't, I won't editorialize. Um, and then the no platform platform is we're going to go, we're going to do a bunch of point solutions. We're not, we're just buying individual applications and they're, you know, we, we might integrate and sync them, but they're all operating um, on that 
individual basis. Your your build on decision means you're going to have multiple applications. You're going to have multiple databases. Um, they are going to be tightly configured. They're going to be tightly integrated, mm-hmm. um, which means it's going to be a very IT solution. Your point solution says we're going to have a we're going to have multiple applications. Yep, they're going to be loosely integrated. They're going to be loosely managed. It's still a heavy IT. It, it still does put more pressure on IT because of sure of of different things. And then the work in is we're going to have as close to a single database as possible, and typically a single database. By the way, on the work on, we're going to our our people are going to work in the application that mm-hmm. is closest to them. Yeah. So, yeah. so the user interface and what's happening, people are all working in different applications. A work in, people are working from a single application. Now, I'll tell you, I've seen a lot of people try to take that work that that build on and treat it like work in. Yeah. You know, if, if you're if 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 you're a hundred salespeople, if you're growing and you take Salesforce and you're like, okay, we've got Salesforce and we're just doing Salesforce. By the way, I have a lot of, I think Salesforce is a great company. I think the product is great yeah. for the right situation. But if you're using Salesforce and your team's just using Salesforce, then my question is, why are you using Salesforce? Because that's not what Salesforce is built for. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. And so those, like, like that's a platform decision that, again, is going to drive a lot about your business process, a lot about how things get managed and how they move forward. Right. And what what's going to be involved in maintaining it and keeping things going before you even get into the feature sets and and other elements um, that, are, that are associated with. Uh, with implementation. All right. So I want to I want to stop there because that's a lot. But yes, yeah. we, we've only gotten started. I know. Well, we'll have, we're gonna have a part two, like you said, and it, and it, and it may be, and it, and it and it may very well be back to back. Um, it will be back to back. We don't want to keep we don't want to keep our audience. We do not in suspense too long. We do not. Um, I mean, I I think my 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 two my two biggest takeaways are, and 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 this is the first one is is just a theme a theme of of the podcast as a whole, which is. You, you really need to define your business process, understand what the outcomes are and let that drive the d- decision, not let the technology drive the decision. And then um, I, I, I think what you said, the quote about it's unwise to pay, pay too much, but it's worse to pay too little. I mean, I, I, I don't think people are cognizant of it. We see it all the time. Um, and, and I think that's spot on. And I'm excited to, to dig in to dig in more on the next episode. So am I. I have nothing else to add, Jess. What? That's a first. I have nothing else to add. I am. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Ooh. until uh, until the next episode, we'll get into, uh, in the next episode, we will get into understanding what's driving the costs, how to begin to think about the costs, and how to know, are you paying too much or are you paying too little? Yep. Till next time.
And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. Don't forget, we've got the next part of this conversation coming out next week, so stay tuned for that discussion. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about CRM implementations or anything else RevOps related, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at Demand Creator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.